0: Uh, cricketing royalty is ready and raring to go from a West Indian cricket point of view. Um, he was certainly that uh, and a whole lot more from commentary, uh, cricket, from cricket commentary point of view as well. He's absolutely that. There are some iconic lines in cricket commentary over the years. He's done it when Warney uh, bowled the ball of the century by Richie Benno by the barest of margins from Smithy at the 2019 World Cup. And, Carlos Brathwaite, remember the name, is right up there as well. The man who added that and did that and a whole lot more for cricket. He's part of Channel 7 in their commentary team this year. He's a great of the West Indian cricket. Uh, great of West Indian cricket. He's been good enough to jump on the line with us. Ian Bishop, hello to you and thanks for being with us on Sports Day.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Hello to you and to all your listeners.
2: Ian, it is a real pleasure to have you on the line. Uh, what can we expect in test number two up at the Gabba from the West Indies team? Uh, uh, further uh, uh, growth in how they're going to play? Do you think they can challenge the Aussies?
1: Well, they challenged them in the first game. You know. um, That's true. Travis, Travis Head's 100 was the determining factor in that win. None, none of the other Australian batters were able to get away. Um, so I expect that the bowling group, which did so well then, will acquit themselves just as good um, on border bowler-friendly conditions, hopefully with the people at the gather. The big challenge really is for the batters, most of whom are very young and inexperienced, to be able to do the right things for long enough against the best bowling attack in the game.
2: It is going to be the serious challenge. Can you expect any changes to the West Indian team?
1: Um, well, it depends on conditions. Um, I was down at the gather yesterday. It looked very green. But having a chat with the groundsman, they said they still have to shave off some of that grass today, and maybe a touch before the start of play. But if it looks bowler friendly I think there might be some consideration as to whether the West Indies would bring in maybe another seamer at the expense of gula Moti, who didn't have a lot to do um, in that first test match in Adelaide. I don't know whether they'll go for a change at the top with Peter like Chandler because the other option is to have another debutant coming in to replace him um, in, in a very, very difficult uh, match of the series at a very, very difficult tour. So I'm not absolutely certain.
2: Uh,
1: Ian Bishop is our special
0: guest on Sports Day. Ian, when you're watching what the West Indians are trying to do at the moment, We've got uh-huh. a lot of debutants that have come here as well. You were part of the, the the glory days of West Indian cricket. There's a lot of talk about what they aren't doing and what they don't have. I've always been of the belief at the moment, given where we're at and we're heading to a precipice in the world with where test cricket sits um, and how we fit all the cricket in that we do. Should we just be celebrating and how proud of you are, uh, how proud are you of the fact that you're, that the West Indies are still putting a team on the park to get out here. And I'm not saying that to be patronizing, but It is really hard to do, given the state of cricket and where it's at, which I don't need to tell you about. But do you take pride in the fact that these players have said, we want to represent the West Indies, we want to play test cricket, and we're going to head out to the hardest place to do it and give it
1: our all? Um, Pride. Let me me see how I can articulate this (laughs) to the best of my ability. Um, Look, I, I know that the landscape is terribly challenging, not just... Um, for the small nations like South Africa, the West Indies, uh, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, et cetera. But I know that great agility has to be kept in mind for teams like England with the number of franchise tournaments that have popped up. So I don't try to place too much of a historical burden of the legacy of the 80s and maybe the early 90s on this team. The landscape is different. The talent keeps getting pulled away. When you find the Shaman Joseph or you find, let's say, an Adrian Barra, who scored and Bebo uh, at the Gabba many years ago or one or two of our young players, Kyle Mears, then they are pulled towards white ball cricket, which is understandable given the remuneration that comes from it. So I just try to encourage. Um, I try to see the light, if there's any light at the end of the tunnel. I and, and just believe that Something will settle down and these players will be able to showcase their skills in Red ball cricket for some time to come.
0: If you were called to a meeting at the ICC, Ian, and they said, righto, what do we need to do here to make sure that we aren't leaving any test-playing nations behind, that we're still uh, keeping uh, test at the forefront of what cricket essentially is and at the heart and soul of it, is it a profit-sharing system? Um, should we be, you know, is there an equalisation method? Do you have a an answer if the ICC were to say, Ian Bishop, tell us how we sort this out?
1: I don't know how much profit-sharing that there can be. Um, economics, uh, certainly not my strong point, but I would the CEO of the West Indies, uh, Cricket, Cricket West Indies, was on a podcast this weekend. and I think he laid out um, a wonderful plan, potential plan, Where, if there could be some revenue sharing in a pool, for example, the West Indies on a given year, their revenue streams would produce 50 to 70 million dollars a year, whereas Australia would be over 300, Uh, England would be close to 400 million uh, a year. So you see the disparity there, and all of that has to go into um, producing cricketers and maintaining four, five, six, seven versions of international teams. So I think in paying for the travel, some of the costs, sharing some of the revenue for food on tours, gate receipts, which it used to be the case thirty years ago, we need to have a revisitation, at least some of that to alleviate the burden on the smaller boards.
2: And I think that's a, an excellent mm. starting point for that 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 discussion and uh I really hope that uh, there's some strong leadership in the ICC and the, uh, the boards around the, the world, because Test Cricket is the absolute ultimate. You've been there and, uh, and experienced that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, long may it live, and we need to set it up now for the next 100 years when we're long gone. But uh, from a West Indies perspective now, do you have a favourite? Shamar Joseph, you mentioned before, <laughs> he's quickly become an Aussie favourite, but uh, do you have a favourite that you really like the cut of their
1: jib? Uh, player, as in a favorite player? Yes, yes. No, I think Shama. I've known Shamar for a while now and um, a lot of people have seen the glory but they didn't know his story and now due to that test match and certain writings and prose around his performance a lot of people know his hardship now um, and he is certainly very impressive. Alvary Joseph is one who I have very, very high hopes for. He's an all format player and that is very, very difficult, but I'm hoping that once Schema Roach leaves the scene, which won't be, let's say, the next year, that al will put his hand up and be the man for all occasions. So when I look at batting, Alec Afrin is, although he didn't get a lot of runs in the first test, is someone I'm keeping my eye on.
0: I have to ask you, Ian, um, I mentioned in the intro that you are... You did give us one of the most iconic lines in cricket, which is no mean feat given how long it's been going for and uh, and some of the performances that we've seen and some of the commentary lines that we've had the pleasure of listening to and in the moments that we've had the pleasure of watching. But Carlos Brathwaite, remember the name. Can you just talk us through how that all came about and how many times do people say it to you just wandering the streets these (laughs)
1: days? (laughs) And has he thanked you for it? (laughs) It is said to me far too often, to be honest with you. Sometimes I hide from the embarrassment. <laughs> um, I wonder if that's all I'm known for. Um, and the other thing is, look, um, that line really, the credit is to Carlos and the team for creating that moment. Those, whatever those lines are, they mean nothing unless the performance on the field is of the optimum level. And it really goes back to a couple of days before the game final, I went to a, a men's meeting and a guy asked me who to look forward to as a high performer in the final. Um, and I just said, look, it's not, I'm not, I don't want to mention the deals and all of that because we know them, but I think Carlos would be one that I would be looking towards because his bowling was very, very good. He was peaking at that time, and people forget his performance with the ball in that final. And he's built like a house. I didn't expect him to be smashing the sixes in the final that he did, but it was just a total punt because I'd been very close to Carlos at the time. So it just sort of lined up, the stars lined up. And what you heard then was just pure emotion. It wasn't planned, but a celebration of what Carlos did and what the team did.
0: Well, it is an iconic line. Thank you for giving the origins of it. And the soundtrack to those moments is just as important sometimes um, as the moment itself of posterity. And when you hit four sixes in a row, you've got to come up with something pretty good. Yeah. And, and you Thank delivered you. in spades, can I just say?
1: Thank you very much. That's very <laughs> kind of you.
2: Yeah, with uh, just back to the test, uh, Ian. Um, uh, in terms of Australia, what what's impressed you about the way that they've gone about it, or otherwise? Uh, uh, obviously, in terms of the, um, the, the the bowling, you mentioned that how well yeah. West Indies did and yeah. challenged the batsmen. But uh, Australia, do they uh, do they seem to be that far ahead? Um, they're, they're number one in the world, but you know, yeah. where are you seeing that the West Indies can pry them apart? Well, again,
1: if, if the West Indies bowl well, um, and again, just a reminder, it was Travis Head. And his hundred. None of the other batters really got away. Usman Khawaja got some runs, but he got put down when he was on three very early in his innings. Mm. Um, it was a pitch that facilitated seam bowling all through the test match. I assume that the Gabba will also, with the pink ball, assist the bowling group. Australia's bowlers though are set apart in the world game with four bowlers with over 200, 250 test wickets. I don't know that I've seen that for a long, a prolonged period in the history of the game. So the West Indies batters have to do the right things, be patient enough, or execute the game plan for longer periods than they're accustomed to back at home where maybe the standard of the cricket isn't that great. And that's the only way they can compete. Roach, Joseph, and Joseph, I think, will continue hopefully bowling as well as they have done, nothing the
2: catching that has to to come up trumps. That yeah, and that's a really good summary. What, what does a year look like ahead for you? Because you you do travel the world. We hear your voice popping up on uh, on everywhere. What's lying ahead for you this year, leading up to that ICC T
1: Twenty? As I said. I don't know if that interests anyone, but there's a fair bit of it. But I leave here, I think I go home for a few days, and then I go to the Under-19 World Cup, where congratulations to Australia. They won a tight one the uh, other day, the Indeed. next generation, future generation. And then I'm off to a couple of leagues, PSL and then IPL, and then the T20 World Cup. So it's all in an effort to give my, make sure that my kids have a much better life than I do.
2: <laughs> is it exciting that the T20 World Cup is in uh, the West Indies and
1: US? Very very much so, um, because I think it has sort of revitalized uh, the West Indies T20 team, which was disappointing in Australia and in the UAE in the last two editions. It has gathered all forces together, and the West Indies played brilliantly against England late last year, in December last year. So I'm expecting them to continue building. And then the teams coming to the Caribbean, will once again remember, and fans coming in, how wonderful a place it is to tour when you come to the Caribbean and then cricket in the US. I love going to Florida. I think there's an atmosphere there that is second to none. We get a chance to go to New York. That should be fun. And then other parts of the US. It we, will be memorable.
0: Uh, we can't wait for that, Ian. We can't wait to keep uh, seeing you and hearing you on Channel 7. Thanks so much for being on our show. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.